ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ugo.
Jesus. What a beautiful evening. We've had a long day and it's always a blessing to have or to look forward to a relaxing time in the presence of God. And whenever you are in God's presence, one of the things you should look forward to, you should expect is His Word. His Word is very special. And uh, tonight, I'm continuing to share with you from this beautiful book that is a major blessing and a bestseller. And the title is Backsliding. Yes, Backsliding. It is a subject. You know, when you go to school and you study many subjects, you will discover that there are some of them you cannot afford to fail. In fact, there are some subjects, if you get grade 9, you are still moving ahead. But there are certain subjects, like English, mathematics. I mean, if you try to fail it, you are not going to advance from where you are. Yes, and backsliding is one of the subjects you must have good knowledge of because the world we are in is fighting our love for God the world we are in is fighting our spirituality I taught a series on um, the serpent wise as a serpent and uh, Jesus said behold I send you a sheep in the midst of wolves so when you are in this world it's very important for you to know that the environment you are in is going to push you back at least it will never enhance your spirituality. So backsliding, going back, is a very, very important subject. And I want to start it off by reading a very important scripture which actually opens this book and I have no doubt that God is going to talk to you tonight 
in Jeremiah chapter number 2, you see right there in verse number Jeremiah chapter 2, you see verse 20. I want to start from 20. He said, For of old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands. And thou said, I will not transgress when upon every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest playing the harlot. You know, God is very wise. God teaches us in this verse that he knows the difference between the things you say and what you do. Because these guys are saying that I won't sin. I will not transgress. I won't do anything that is wrong. But he said on every high hill and under every green tree you are just roaming about playing the harlot. So it's very important for you to watch your behavior. It's not enough to say that you are a believer. It's not enough to say you are a Christian. But it's very important to watch what you do. You know, and whenever you come to the Lord, you need to understand that Satan has also arranged his weapons. Yes. He has arranged his weapons. And if you are not very careful, you will come to a place where the, the, the devices of the enemy will stop you from advancing in the Lord. And you see, I don't know if you know what a treadmill is. You know, a treadmill is a moving floor. I mean, the floor moves, so people... You know, exercise on it. If you go to airport, you also see, you know, a kind of even even escalators and so on. Like the, the floor is moving. You know, it helps you to carry your things. <laughs> but 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 life on earth is not static. It's like a moving floor, moving in a certain direction. In fact. You can never say that you are actually at the same place. You are, you, you are going to move. If you don't want to move, the floor itself will move you. Yes. If you don't want to move, the floor itself will move you. And the sad part of it is that in this world, the direction of the floor is opposite the direction you should be moving as a Christian. Yes. So if you leave yourself, it's taking you backward. So those who make strides forward are those who make the effort. They, they run against the, the, the direction and the speed of the floor they stand on. And I pray for you today that as I share this with you, you will not leave yourself. I said you will fight everything fightable so that you advance as a Christian. Because God has great plans for your life. Hallelujah. 
I said, God has great plans for your life. And if you do not sit up, you will lose all the blessings. That is why there are many examples we, we learned about backsliding. And when you backslide, what, what is it like? It's like somebody who has water, fresh water, and drinks dirty brown water. I mean, when you meet God, a great thing has happened to you. The Bible says in Psalm 65 that blessed is the man, the man that God will choose to bring to himself. That person is blessed. So, blessed is the accountant, or blessed is the lawyer, or blessed is the rich man. No. You don't hear such things written about doctors and lawyers. All these words are in the Bible. But you, you, you read that blessed is the man whom thou choosest. If you are a believer listening to me, God has chosen you. God has chosen you. God has brought you close to him. And your blessing is in the fact that God has chosen you. That's your blessing. Your blessing is in the fact that God has brought you close. And you must not treat it lightly. Because you will, you, will, you will regret it if you treat it lightly. Many times, people come into various privileges and they do not behave properly in the position they find themselves in. So when you backslide, you are like somebody who, who has access to water but is drinking something very funny. Somebody who has access to food and is eating feces. And, 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 and we, we learn it from the prodigal son. He had access to food. But he was about to fill his belly with the food that pigs were eating. Always there are people who take very lightly very important blessings in their lives. And when you take lightly things God does for you, one of them, I'm saying it again, that it's not the money he has given you it is not your education. It's not that you have a wife or you have a husband. One of your greatest blessings is that God has given you the privilege to be close to Him, to stand near Him. And I pray that you will not move away from your envied position as a believer. Clap your hands for Jesus. Today, I want to share with you some of the causes of backsliding. I talked last week about shallowness. Shallowness. That people who backslide. Oh, and I forgot to give you the definition of backsliding. I have to do that every time I take the microphone. To backslide means to decrease your commitment, your zeal, your love for spiritual things. Anything spiritual. Once you experience a drop in your commitment to something that is spiritual, you are backsliding from God. If your prayer life today is lower or less than it was last year, then you are 
a backsliding and backsliding person looking at me. If some time ago you used to read more of the word of God, you love to just enjoy the scriptures. And today you hardly read your Bible, then something is happening to you. If you once upon a time were a shepherd, and today you are in the same church, but you are an ordinary member, then something bad called backsliding is happening to you. When your commitment to God decreases, as soon as it drops, backsliding has begun. And I said that backsliding is a long process. Most of the time, what we say about backsliding is the end stage. Every disease has its end stage. So when you see that somebody has left the church, doesn't attend church anymore, moving with unbelievers, drinking, getting drunk, and, and, and is living a very wayward life, we normally say, oh, that brother has backslidden. But I said that that thing you are looking at, the person leaving the church is the end result. A lot of things were going on in the church. But because the person was in the church, you wouldn't know. Yes. Some of you watching, you are in church. You have not left the church. But something is happening to you. But you see, with time, eventually, you will get there. Where everybody will see. But unfortunately, when they see, they will remember that your backsliding process began long ago. When you were on the stage singing in the choir. When you were on the stage leading prayer. When you were, when you were even preaching. Yes. You can be preaching and backsliding. As I'm preaching now, I could be a backsliding pastor preaching. Yes. Because... Preaching the word of God is not the only index of your spirituality. You can be playing instruments and you are actually a fully backsliding person. But most of the time, because we are in church, because we go for outreaches, because we attend prayer meetings, we don't see, people don't see it in us. But those who are very perspicacious, they pick it. Those people with perspicacity can tell that, no, this girl is not as she was last year. Something has happened to this girl. May, 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 may God see you and be glad that you are growing. That's why one of them, one of the descriptions, descriptions of backsliding is that I planted you a whole tree, a nice tree, so how did you become a degenerate plant? Very nice, complete. A very nice child of mine. A very nice daughter. Poured my spirit on you. Put you in church. Gave you a pastor. Gave you Christian friends. Watched over you. How did you change into this wild ass? How did you change into this wild camel? Now, I'm sharing with you what causes a person to drop in his commitment. What causes a person to drop in his zeal? But because he's, he's in church, you will never see. 
One of them is shallowness. Shallow. Being shallow. Not being deep. You need to go and listen to the message again. It's on this same Facebook page. Last week's message is there. Watch it again or go to my podcast. Very important. Shallow, another word. It's a shallow, another uh, uh, phrase for shallow is not deep. In fact, for me, the best way to describe shallowness is that there is nothing beyond what you see. So when you see this, there is nothing. This monitor sitting here, in some churches, there are screws under it and chains. It is chained to, the, to some metal and some concrete. <laughs> yes. I've been in a church where as they were constructing, they were making concrete uh, and, and, and metals, putting metals in the concrete for monitors. But you will know, when you see it lying, there's always there, you just come and carry it away like a handbag. Try it and see. So, so when you see it, you may think that, oh, that is it. But there is, it is deep. It is deep. Some of you, when we see you, there's nothing beyond what we see. When we see you praying in church, when we see you, you know, worshipping in church, when we see you in church, there's nothing beyond what we are seeing. You are shallow. You are shallow. And shallow people are very dangerous because we are described as trees in the Bible. And you don't want to stand near a tree which is shallow. So last week, I, I, I directed some of you to my Flaming Fire podcast, a series I taught many years ago. What are you hiding? Yes, there should be things in your life that people don't know, but they are going on and they are good things. Today, of course, I also talked about emptiness last week. Today, because of time, I'm going to the third course. The third course of backsliding. And it is lust. Lust. Yes. Based on where you are coming from, it is lust. <laughs> yes. Lust. Turn your Bibles to Second Timothy chapter 4. Verse number 10. 2 Timothy 4 and verse number 10. I'm opening to it. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10. It said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed, is already gone. You see, once again, most, you see, most of the reports about backsliding about your life will be made, those reports will be made when you read the end stage. So like this, you, you, you never read about Demas' issues till he left and departed to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. So you will never know 
that as Titus was there with Paul, sitting by him when he was writing the letter to the Colossians, you will never know that as he was saying that Titus is with me, Demas is with me, you will know that as he was sitting by Paul, he was backsliding. As he was sitting by Paul, as Paul was writing his letter, I mean, think of somebody who is with the, an author writing a book. Somebody who writes books. And the people who are with him. I mean, I would love to see it one day. I've not seen some before. How a person writes a book. <laughs> but Demas was there. He must have been close. Very close. Very, very close. But as he sat by him, so, so you can be around a pastor, you can be doing things in church, they can call you pastor, they can call you whatever. Don't allow titles to deceive you. What life are you living? Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Preaching well doesn't mean your heart is pure. Singing well doesn't mean your heart is pure. What's the connection between your heart and your heart? And, and, your, and, your, and your truth? Even, there are many people, when they are very sad, they sing very well. I have an auntie like that. When she's very upset, then she sings. Once you hear her singing, you shouldn't go near her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's how we have very powerful American singers. Very, very, very out of this world singers. They are all in America. Because their descendants were singing as they were farming on the uh, uh, sugarcane plantations. In their grief and in their pain, they sang. So I'm saying, singing doesn't mean that you are anything. Preaching, what you see, a lot of people you see preaching are, are, are living in sin. Some people you see preaching are living a life that is not correct. What are you talking about? Your life. So today, I'm talking about lust. It's one of the causes. So Demas, as he was with Paul, as he was moving around as a senior person, because you must be very, I mean, you must be a type of person to some man of God like Paul to be around him when he's writing a book. But Demas loved the world. You see, last, I'm going to define last very soon. But the Bible we have just read, 2 Timothy 4.10, says that Demas loved the world. He said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved, L-O-V-E-D. Watch your love life. That's why he deserted Paul. If you love somebody, I mean, normal life, normal life. If you love somebody, you will, you will draw closer to the person. It's normal. We see it every Saturday at engagements and weddings. Yeah, we see that. A, a girl who has been brought up by her parents, they fed her, paid school fees, bought her a car, bought her clothes. I mean, everything she needed in life. She needs, has been given to her. But because of love for a boy, she deserts her parents and moves to live with a virtual stranger. Yes. 
you bring her up for 20 years, 25 years, pay school fees, give her money, give her love, show her love, help her, all kinds of, all her issues, you are with her, hugging her, holding her, talking to her. No, but when she sees a boy and love enters her heart for the boy, she will leave you. Yes. When she's having an engagement and you ask her, hey, so, so, mommy, are you, are you leaving me? What have I done wrong? She said, daddy, you've not done anything wrong, but I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> you've done nothing bad, but I have to go. Yes, I have to go. <laughs> Watch out. When you love something, you will abandon something that has, that, that has been built for you. Life that has been lived for you because of love for something. If you love the world, huh, the money of the world, the glamour of the world, the glitz of the world, the men of the world, the women of the world, the excitement of the world, the lights, the lights of the world, you will find yourself gravitating towards it. I'm talking today about lust. So, so it, is, it is very important that if you are a Christian, see this matter, the person sitting by you doesn't know. Only you know. Very important that you watch what type of strange love is developing in your heart for things your heart must not go to. Yes. Because it, it, see, sometimes it begins like, like a boy you meet. I mean, any woman you see a ring on her finger has abandoned her parents. <laughs> Even a woman abandoned her mother and, and, and followed me. It's normal. <laughs> it's normal. Any woman with a ring on her finger is ungrateful to her parents. <laughs> that was, she, she has backslidden in her love for her parents. <laughs> yes. When you see a married woman, you are seeing a backslider. <laughs> a war. But it's okay. I mean, that's just on a lighter note. But watch it. Sometimes even the man you are marrying, the first time you saw him, you didn't even like him. A lot of you who are married, they used to quarrel as friends. Then as they were quarreling, the more they quarreled, the more the love deepened. <laughs> So, so initially, the thing doesn't call for you, but you are around it. He comes to your house to spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Then before you know it, you know, even though the person lives 10 kilometers away, you, you, you walk to see him off. Then when you get there, then he also walks back to see you off. Then you also walk back. By the time you finally get tired and settle down, it's 4 a.m. And you must go to work. It's called love. But it begins in a not so powerful way. Then as, as time goes on, I'm preaching to somebody here. I said, as time goes on, it becomes stronger and stronger. Stronger. So it now has a hold over you. When you dream, is a girl. When you dream, is a boy. Be, be, be very careful of of strong love for things. So, so lust is defined 
as an uncontrollable, sometimes obsessive desire for a particular thing. And you see, when we mention lust or loss, depending on where you are coming from, lust, <laughs> most of us immediately think of a woman. Immediately think of a man. And that is why Satan has been able to get us because what you think it is, is not what he's doing. Yeah, we are talking about a desire that you can't control. So strong and it can be for anything. It can be for money. It can be for traveling abroad. It can be for marriage. It can be for children. It can be for houses. It can be for cars. Watch out. Anything you love strongly will pull you. It will pull you. That's what the Bible says. In 2 Peter 1 4. Turn your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust corruption comes through lust anything you like so strongly can corrupt you. Anything you like. That's why when God was giving the commandments, he warned them that you must have no other love. You must love the Lord with all your hearts. I don't even know what, how, how we got to have love for our wives and our husbands. And some of you have gone beyond a, a, a wife to, for, to four side chicks. Everything being equal, you must have love for only God. All your heart, all your mind. You see, God knows that once you begin to love something, that thing will flow you. Oh, I can point to many women who would have been great ministers, but a love for a man has flawed them, has cut them off ministries. Many pastors have been, have been neutralized by the love for a woman, the love for their wife. They could have gone on missions. They could have built a bigger church. They could have spent time on Sundays with the members, counseling them, talking to them. But the wife wants him at home. They must have lunch as a family. So he abandons the work of God. Be very careful. Whatever, whether it be, it's even your wife or your husband, be very careful. Anything that competes with God is becoming an idol. Beware. Lust corrupts. Whether it's for money, for anything. Even, even a pastor can have a lust for a big church. A lot of the things. We, are, we, we describe as being the objects of a person's lust are all not bad. But when, when the love you have for it is so inordinate, 
is inappropriate. You love money so much that you are prepared to sacrifice anything to, to be able to have the money. God can't get you. If you find yourself doing anything for God, it means you are free. You are available. But if, if, if that thing you love clashes with God, that thing takes over your life. It said, having escaped, we who are born again, we have escaped, we have escaped. When you get born again, one of the things that has happened to you is that you have escaped. You have escaped a certain corruption. A certain twisting of your soul. Corruption means destruction. Being made into something very low and degenerate. A believer has escaped the corruption which is in the world through lust. Most people who are destroyed by the world system, they are destroyed by the lust. Whether it is drinking, alcohol, women, whatever. The first thing the devil does is that he puts a strong desire for that thing in you. And sometimes Christians sit in church and they feel that they are missing something out there. They are missing some pleasures. They are missing some excitement. They find, oh, the church is boring. What is this type of praise and worship? This type of dance. I want, I want to have songs that move me. Songs that stir my soul. And they go and pack onto themselves music that defiles them. Music that defiles them. They listen to three songs and they're in an Uber car going to their boyfriend, former boyfriend. Yes. We sit in the church and we feel that we, we, we are missing something. We are missing some excitement in the world. This life you live as a Christian is thousand times better than any worldly engagement. Kai, there is nothing your former boyfriend has done to you that can compare to what the Holy Spirit can do in your heart. There is no titillation. You have experience that can compare to the joy, the joy, the joy, the excitement. You are not in God well. That is why you will miss your former boyfriend. You are not in well. Your love for God is very, very weak. That's why when we come to God, we are, we are, we are, we are only to have love for Christ. You know, you know. I, I, I really wonder. How we got to have love for husbands. How we got to have love for wives. Be very careful. Yes. Because I love my wife. I love my wife. Oh yes. And I'm just fortunate that she draws me towards God. And she draws me towards the ministry. That, that if she is not happy with me about something, it's because of something I'm not even doing well for God. Because if I had had the wife, the type of love I have for her, if I, so the Bible, if you go to Kings, you read, even Solomon, his heart was stolen by women. Yes. Be very careful. I don't know what you need to marry, but I wish we wouldn't call it love. And if we call it love, then it must not be very strong. It, not, it, it must not be so strong that a day will come, you will sacrifice your convictions to follow a man. You will sacrifice your convictions to follow a woman. Whether it's your husband or your wife is, 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 is irrelevant. She's a woman. 
You are loud. Said thou, hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Is one. Not two. Is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with most of your hearts. You must love the Lord your God with a certain amount of love from your heart. Is that what the Bible says? No. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all. That's Bible. All your might. Hey! Because God knows that if you love something, it has the power, it, it, has, it has the potential. Anything you put love on has the potential to derail you. Yes. Husbands have derailed the destinies of their wives. Wives have derailed the destinies of their husbands. I pray for a young boy listening to me tonight that you will fall in love with a God lover. Yes. That, that, that you will not choose a woman to marry on the basis of the shape and size of her breasts. That's the basis you are using to get her. On the basis of, of, the, of, of her legs. And even the legs you are seeing her, a lot of it is because she's wearing high heels. Yeah, let her wear flat shoes. You realize that the legs are not normal. Yes. One, one, one of the benefits of high heels is that they correct your, your twisted legs and help you to move in a nice way. Yes, it's one of the, it's one of the benefits of high heels. If you're a lady and your, your, your legs are not very, very fine, just try and learn how to walk on high heels. It will correct a certain gait. So what you are looking is perhaps because of the high heels that if you bring her home and she's wearing talewate, you may not like the legs that are in the bedroom. Be very careful. Don't love your work too much. Don't love your salary too much. I said, don't love. I'm talking about lust. You can lust for money. You can lust for men's approval. The approval of men. You lust for it. You can lust for, 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 for fame. You can lust for position. As the person is sitting on that chair, you, you, you always wish that you were the one there. You always wish that you were the one there. And you do anything. You, 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 you will slander the person. People have killed. Yes. People have killed just to have what they want. I pray for you today eh, that God will deliver you and purge your heart. And, I, I, I'm, and I'm praying for young men and women who have, have been anointed by God for ministry. Those are the, as I'm preaching now, I'm praying that the husband you will have, the wife you will have, will not steal your heart for God away. I pray that that, 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 that wife and that husband will, will, will draw you to God. Don't have 
too much love that is so strong that God can't stop you from marrying somebody that he doesn't like you to marry. Anything that comes into your life that competes with the will of God. I remember the day the Lord spoke to me not to go and live in America. I was on a plane. I had gone there for some interviews and I was coming back home. Close to the airport. I heard it in my ear. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you are not going to live in America. You are not going. Hmm. It had taken years. I was, I was a student. My wife was working. When she works, we get the money. We change the money to dollars. Use it to write exams. Step one, step two, step three. Plane tickets. Up and we're, we're preparing, grooming ourselves for the American dream. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. But you see, as I preach now, I realize that I wasn't, only, I wasn't the only variable in the equation. Yes. If I had had a certain wife, I won't be standing here in the will of God for her. When he said you're not going, I said, what? You should have told me this five years ago. Three years ago. Why should you wait for me to waste all this money? And by the way, what am I going to tell my wife? My plane is landing in four minutes. When I got home, I couldn't smile. I'd been away from my wife for weeks. I wasn't happy. My wife would ask, Why? Is, there, is there a problem? So oh, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. We are. We are okay. Because I was thinking of how to start the sentence. Like, like I, I needed a starter. <laughs> In about 10 minutes, I said, you know something? I want to say something. I want to have a chat with you. I want to, I, 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 there is something that is on my heart. So, just sit down. You know, um, when I went, everything was fine. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, when are we going? <laughs> I said, oh, I, I, that's the story. Said, Why, has something happened? I said, oh, God is in control. <laughs> God is in control. I said, just when we are about to land, the Lord spoke to me that I should not leave my 30 members at Mataeko Church and go to America. He said, what? What did you say? So it means that what? He said, I said... <laughs> It means the Lord is saying that I shouldn't leave the Mataiko church. So it means that what? You, 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 you pastor the church of America or what? So no, we are not going. So are you sure of what you are saying? Are you sure you heard from God? I said, I heard. I heard it clearly. I know it when the Lord speaks to me. So if you are sure, then I'm with you. Wherever you are, I'm there with you. That's why I'm standing here. The following day, she joined me. We were together. We went to see our pastor, Bishop. This is over 20 something years ago. We are not traveling anymore. And he gave me a book to read. He gave me a book. And it's changed my life. 
lift your hands everyone wherever you are just lift your hands and pray that the person you are going to join yourself to will not steal your heart Jesus. in business in your social relationship somebody you are even married already but sometimes even your spouse can change i know i know a lady who was in the church with her husband for two three four years the man just changed suddenly and stopped church he was a today he's a drunkard lift your hands and and, and pray that whoever you have joined your life to your friends your classmates your social, you know, peers, your 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 work colleagues, pray that nobody will steal your heart because your love must be for God. Your love must be for God. Your love must be for God. As soon as you see subtle signs that this thing will not help me, help the ability to kill it. Help the ability to move away. Don't allow anything that will steal your heart. Anything. Anything that will draw you from God. You may even be a pastor. Don't allow it may be your dreams it may be your wife your husband your 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 vision for your life that's why we learned very early to say thy will be done if god wills god willing god willing there are people who are on the right path until until they were visited by influences until somebody came into their life pray I'll tell you that if you are here in this service and you know honestly within yourself that you are loving something so strongly you know they said brother I like so much he's in America now Dallas I always remember him because when he came to church about 20 years ago in the Matayeko church where I was the pastor he was a journalist a football journalist soccer journalist and whatever sports and he he loved soccer he was always in the stadium and one day i preached i've forgotten the message i preached and after church he came to me he said he's he has come to he's realizing that his love for sports can pull him away from god as i think about it that must have been my first experience with such a person people like that. He, he has realized that his love, his love for sports can easily pull because on Sundays he won't be in church. He'll come and walk around a little because he has to go to the, uh, to the, to the stadium. He has to go and be with the, with, the, with, the, with the teams and all those things, do interviews and so on. He told me, he said, Pastor, from today, his name is Fred. So from today, I've decided after this message you preached that I am stopping journalism in sports. I'm switching to general journalism that we all are moving from sports. He told me. I said, it's not possible. You. He said, you watch. Within three days in the week, Thursday, Friday, he told me that 
he's got a new job with another media house as a normal journalist. From that, the, from that Sunday, the following Sunday, he was in church. Full service. I said, won't you go? He said, Bishop, I, I said, Pastor, you don't believe me? He said, I am here. From that Sunday, he never went to the stadium. Because when you detect that something is strong, you better discuss it. Because it will draw you away. Anything you love strongly will pull you from God. Anything you love strongly. Solomon loved women. They pulled their heart. The Bible, the English in the King James says that they stole. Whenever you see, you see, a lot of things that are that can destroy our faith. Eh? As I'm preaching now, they look like very small things. But it grows. You see, when you see a lot of snakes, the baby snakes, baby snakes are not different from worms. Baby snake is like a worm. But those who know, they know that this thing is a snake. And I, 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 I either kill it or I allow it to kill me. Because if it grows, it will kill you. Everybody has the advantage and the privilege. Everyone listening to me, you know yourself, there is something in your life that is strong. But as I use the word strong right now, my mind has gone back to the words of David. He said that, that the Lord delivered me from my enemies because they were too strong for me. Whatever is too strong for you, expect the deliverance of God coming in swiftly now. Amen. Whatever is making it difficult for you to love God, to walk with God, today, today, it is early enough for you to kill it. It's early enough for you to kill it. You can kill it. It can die. I said, it can die. I said, it can die. Kill it at its baby stage before it kills you when it grows. Kill it. Whilst you have the strength. You see, if you are listening to me right now, it means that <laughs> your condition is not as bad as you think. Because you could easily not be listening to me. I'll take it again. If you are listening to me right now, it means that your case is not as bad as you think. If you are listening to me, because you are on the internet, oh, you are watching me. <laughs> your data, your time, your interest, it means that there is something, there is a remnant in your heart. That's why I pray that God will grant you strength in your legs to crush the head of the serpent under your foot. Amen. So that you are free to love God. It's a great thing to love God. There is nothing like loving God. Everything happens to you when you love God. Everything. Even the bad things become good when you love God. Oh yes. And we know Romans 8.28 that all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, all things work together for good 
to those who love God. To those who love God. That is why one of the agendas of the enemy is to dilute your love for God. To scatter your love for God. That you still love God, but your love is 2%. You love other things. You love other things. And today, I'll tell you, believe God for strength to kill it. If it's too strong for you to kill it, join yourself to a pastor who loves you. He will help you to kill it. He will help you to kill it. Because no love in your heart should be too strong. No love in your heart should be too strong. No love in your heart should be too strong. I want to give you a second and a final one as we close. The next one is bitterness. Bitterness. And we are ending now. If you find somebody has left God, somebody's or, or, or is in church, anybody listening to me, that if your love is going down, it's one of a few things. Either you are becoming shallow. It's like some time ago, there was a lot of prayer behind the scenes. But today, apart from what we see about you, there's nothing hidden. Or you are empty. You are empty. There's nothing inside. Which is also a certain, a type of superficiality. A type of shallowness. Because really, when something is empty, you can't see inside unless your eyes are x-ray eyes. But you hear it from the noise it makes. Or, when you see somebody backsliding, it means the person has been taken over by lust. Lust. Not just for a woman, but lust for all things. And we have read, Second Peter, that lust corrupts. In fact, Second Peter says that when you get born again, you have escaped. Anyone who is born again has escaped. The corruption. Anything you love too much will corrupt you. Whether it's a wife, a husband, I know women in, in the church I pastor who have so much love for their children that they are useless as pastors. They can't do much. They can't do much. And we are watching. It's a movie we are all watching. Don't let your love for anything be so strong because I tell you, I don't know if anybody has told you, God is your all. Yes, He is worth loving with all of your heart. Hebrews 12, 15, I'm ending with bitterness. Bitterness. Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail. Say, any man fail. Say, any man can fail. Anybody can fail. Say, high or low. Say, any man can fail. Goodness gracious, I'm feeling something. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, look diligently. Otherwise, you'll fail. The grace, the help, the involvement will fail. Break failure. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled 
we could break it down. But let's go home. Or let's go to our bedrooms. Or let's spend the night with this one. That the grace of God upon your life can fail. If you allow bitterness to grow in you. One of the causes, I, I even a few days ago, a few days, interesting, eh? I, I, I heard of a brother who is backslidden. He says that his pastor has done something, so he, 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 either he is stopping church or he has stopped. At least I know that he has stopped being a center leader. A, a center leader. He stopped. He says he won't be a shepherd. That one is just three days old. When people walk out of church, when people walk out on God, listen very carefully, we are ending. Walking out on God is not, is not as easy to see as walking out of a church. As your love for God gets colder and colder, from hot to lukewarm, and lukewarm to cold, and then it becomes frozen, as your heart grows cold, one of the things you need to know could be causing it is bitterness. Which is, bitterness is really the, 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 the extreme expression of offenses. Be very, very careful. I was listening to Bishop Steve Asari. I think last Sunday or so, the message he preached. And was, he, he said, we should be very careful because many of us think that oh, it's your pastor, your friend, your sister who can offend you. One of the major people who can offend you is God. God himself can offend you. Yes. yes. That, there's no pastor in it. Like, like, like God has offended you. If you're not very careful, listen very carefully. Listen. And also, it's only shallow people who can be blown away. Because see, as you walk with God in this life, it's not everything you want God to do for you that He will do. Or it's not everything you will not expect God to do that He will not do. I never thought God could do this. He will do it for you. Who are you? We all expect, as we are serving God, we expect, you know, blessings, some, some, some free mobile money has come. Not that somebody will steal your phone. We expect some blessing somewhere. We expect the beloved, as you are in the beloved dozen stage, that you will go into engagement and wedding. Not that the beloved dozen rather spoils. Say the root of bitterness. Yes. Bitterness can overtake you. When you come to church, you sit at the back. You are no more excited. And I'm saying to you, I'm going to give you a list of the people who can offend you. We can even go through it now. Your beloved can offend you. Your Christian sister can offend you. Your Christian brother can offend you. 
um, normally pastors do they of, do pastors offend? Pastors can offend a person. <laughs> oh really? Well, not me. Me, I don't offend anybody. <laughs> I'm one of the nicest pastors. Very nice. Father, I thank you that you made me a pastor who is clean and nice. I'm not like other pastors who offend their church members. <laughs> Try me and see. <laughs> you wonder where you came from. And you wonder where you are going. Yes. <laughs> Look, as we are walking about and we are living our lives, eh, listen, we may be laughing. You see, there's a saying, another saying, somebody said something like, some years ago, he said, the woman who is naked and is displaying in the area. So what she is doing will always be funny until you know that she's your mother who is misbehaving there. Then suddenly it's serious. It's not funny anymore. Watch out! Some of you brothers are watching out eagerly for for, for, for the next sexy dancer who is coming to sweep you off your feet. Satan is not... Sexy dancers are finished. They, do, they don't exist in church. I saw two of them last year. Even this year, they are not there in the church anymore. God will... I said, Satan will hardly send a sexy dancer your way. Watch out for offenses. That's why the... the the point I am making, the, the, the cause of backsliding is bitterness. It's here in English. Look diligently, lest. That is, be very careful. As you move around, don't just be careful about your phone being stolen or your car being crashed. Or be, also, look around for potential offenders. You're offended. The church you are in can offend you. Can we read the verse again? Because it's my last verse. We are closing. It said, looking diligently, lest any man fail. Any man. If you are like me, who got born again in the 80s, We've seen, I've seen pastors who have failed. Founders, as I talk about, maybe as I mentioned founder, two names have come to my mind. Bitterness eliminated them. Bitterness. I've been a pastor preaching for 27 years. I've had a share of bitterness. A share of offenses. Church members Oh yes. You love them and then they are, they are like snakes. The next response is a bite. If you are a Christian listening to me, uh, one of the things you should look out for in church, in your life, as I, it's not a sexy dancer. Look out for somebody who will offend you. Offend you. Offend you offend you. Your mother, your father, 
not spiritual mother. Your mother at home, your father at home, your brother at home, your sister at home, your friend at home, your beloved is in church or at home. <laughs> Look out for your friend in the car. Look out for your pastor. That's why I will, I will suggest to you that if you don't have a pastor, you must come to me. I'm a nice pastor. I can't offend you. Look diligently. Because, you see, one of the things you see the world we are in one of the causes of trouble in the world we are in is offenses. Matthew 18, 17. Matthew 18, 7. You see a sentence there. That can frighten you. Matthew 18, 7. The first sentence is disturbing. It said, Woe unto the world. I would have thought it said, it would say, Woe unto the world because of nuclear bombs. Or woe unto the world because of financial crashes, the stock exchange crash. Or woe to the world because of COVID-19. But Jesus said, woe to the world because of offenses. A lot of the troubles you'll experience in your life will be because of offenses. And he goes on and says that. For it must needs be that offenses come. I'm talking about one of the reasons why people decrease their commitment to God. People do less outreaches. Less shepherding. Yes, less shepherding. Less of center service organizing. Less basing is that as he was doing it, his original head offended him. Don't forget I've defined backsliding as a decrease a drop, a diminishing of your commitment to spiritual things. And your pastor can be the reason. Yes. You can be offended. When you were, when you were having your wedding, the choir didn't come. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have sung at weddings in class. You have even sung solo. When it was your wedding, because of some small drizzle in the morning, no choirster came. To say, hey, this church, ha, so, even, even your wedding night, wedding night, as you are with your husband in the room, you are thinking of central. You are thinking of grace outreach. You are thinking of action. That this church, tomorrow is the last day I'm going to this church to go and wave. As I'm waving, they may think that it's my wedding waving, but I'm saying bye-bye. What you don't know is that by leaving that church, you have left the family God put you in. The Bible says he puts the solitary into families. The church is a family and it's not a signboard that brought you. It's not your cousin who brought you. It's not your daughter who brought you. It is God. One of the acts of God is that he puts the solitary in families. He puts me in this church. He puts me in this church. But offenses... I've been offended in this church. I've been offended. I've been offended by church members, offended by pastors. Offended
offended by the church. The church itself is, is a body of offense. The whole body, the church itself. Yeah. As you are walking through the headquarters, you are looking at this place, eh, this place. Before they hear me singing, me, I would never. One day I went for a meeting and I was faced about something I had not even. I, I, I mean. <laughs> When I think about it, uh, I, like, and, and, and the thing is, who are you? Why do you see yourself as somebody who can't make a mistake? Yeah. I made some nice contribution at the meeting. Oh, I was sharing with, with examples and scriptures. Not knowing that Charlie, the things I was saying were totally off. Hey, Edwino go. It wasn't three weeks. And there was a meeting of pastors. As we were talking, we were sharing and sharing, then the issue came up. Hey! I've got goosebumps. I was grilled. Then I knew that this problem I'm having in this meeting is only because I raised my hand. So what's the next thing? I will never raise my hand again. I mean, since I, I go to sleep with a girl, I've stolen offerings. It's just I raise my hand. So I won't raise my hand again. See, one of the things that devil wants to do to you is to let you isolate yourself, is to let you cut yourself off, is to let you become withdrawn. And it's the beginning. The beginning. Beware of wounds that don't heal. I was at the meeting for three days. I tell you, this thing happened on the second day or so, the first night. The rest of the meeting, I wasn't myself. I remember very well when we finished the meeting, I was in a bookshop and some pastors came to me and said, ah, why are you so quiet? I said, oh, I'm just, God is speaking to me. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get home. When I went home, I told my wife, I said, the meeting I have just come from here. And I said my story. And I told her. She was listening. I said, it's okay. And I told her what I thought about as the things were being said. I said, I said, this could have only happened because I raised my hand. So, I will work well, but I was bitter. So, I will work well, I will preach well, I would care for my members. I would grow my church. I would do everything. But to contribute, to speak in a meeting, in a church service which doesn't concern me, never. Never. But as, we, as I was speaking, that nothing, there's no problem, or I'm okay, there's nothing, I knew that my heart had been affected. So I told my wife that I will never speak again. And she looked at my face and said, you will speak. <laughs> I said, what are you saying? She said, you will speak. <laughs> yeah, you will speak. Yeah. Some of you, if you had gone home to tell your wife, she'd have said, oh, me, I knew all these things. I know they, they, they are ungrateful. You know, people are in meetings, they don't speak. When you raise your hand and you speak, you are the one rather they are descending on. Well, don't speak. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. 
said, no, you will speak. I said, I won't speak. Say, you will speak. <laughs> you will speak. You have to speak. You see, because I was about to prepare myself for isolation. Yeah, because when you are around and you are quiet, what you are doing is that you are, you are it, it's a wound that has isolated you. Yes. If you go to town and see people with uh, legs that are uh, amputated and so, a lot of them it's not, it's not a car accident it's a wound which wouldn't heal yes once there's a wound which is not healing and it has the potential to o- o- overwhelm the body it's cut off so offenses what they do is that they cut you off that's why it's very important that you do say look diligently lest any root of bitterness be very careful because in, in this search in this church, in your church, in your family, I know our family members, daughter doesn't talk to uh, uh, mother, brother is not talking to brother, especially if they are from a certain tribe. They are all scattered. They don't talk to each other. Quarrels. Full of quarrels. Full of quarrels. But you see, what it does, what this thing does is that it cuts you off and makes you, I remember when I was in my church, that church, Matayeko church, a brother who was my main singer, Something happened. And he got offended. So you can imagine, if he's a singer, he'll be sitting in front. Or second row. And this was a big church. Before my eyes. Not that they said or something I read in a book. He began to move backwards. I've not seen some since then, after that. Like today, it comes, it's quiet. Second row, the next day, fourth row. Second day, uh, the next week, sixth row, and so on, and so on. So I, I was preaching on the stage one day, my wooden stage, and I saw him sitting at the back. And he sat at the back for months. That's why I said that backsliding, eh, a lot, over 90% of the time to backslide is spent in the church. You are offended with your pastor. You are still in the church. You are offended with the church. You are still in the church. It takes a long time before. He sat at the back for months. The next thing was that he was out. The next time I saw him, he was a rapper, some unbeliever, doing some unbeliever music on, 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 on TV and so on. And I've, I can give you names. One, two, three. Because offense, what it does is that Eventually, it makes you bitter. Yes. And the Bible says that once the root of bitterness grows in you, it defiles you. You are defiled. You see, when a person is defiled, can I explain to you what it means to be defiled? When a person is defiled, it means he is not normal anymore. Yes. His thinking is twisted. His analysis is twisted. Something he said was good, today he said is bad. Something he said, oh, this is great. Oh, what is this? Because he is defiled. He is polluted. The pastor he loved two years ago, he wrote love letters to. Today, today, he has moved away. And it's all, anybody you know who has left a church, it's not because the Holy Spirit spoke to him. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? 
anybody here, it's God who put you here. He puts, the Bible says, He puts the solitary in families. Psalm 64. Turn your Bibles, look at it. Are you there? Sixty-eight, verse six, sixty-four. Sixty-eight, verse six. Sorry. Psalm sixty-eight, verse six. If you are sitting in the church, it means God put you there. God set the solitary in families. So God will not put you. God will not make you an osay. Then when you are twenty-eight years old, so He has changed your name to Dakun. No, 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 no. God put you in this church. But a day can come. I know, I know, I know a son who, like, he had a meeting and the, in the meeting his mother came to the meeting. And as he was, he was shaking hands with the people, then he got to his mother. He just moved away. The first, it was, everybody was so, ah, your mother, you won't say, you, you won't just shake his hand. No, 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 no. He said, no. Bitterness is eating the person up like a cancer. And everybody, I can be, as I'm preaching now, if I don't work on my heart, bitterness can eat my heart up. Because offenses have not finished. Oh, no, 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 no. Offenses are there more. <laughs> more. You come and sing nicely, you'll expect that. Even your pastor will say, well done, Susie. Well done. But rather you say, hey, that dress you were wearing was very bad. Oh! So the only thing you saw was my dress. The singing, no comment. Yes. Then you begin. It's okay. Then I'll wear Maxi and I won't sing well. You said, you are becoming, the, the English word is funny. There are funny people around. Yes, funny. They are funny. Not that you, they make you laugh. Or they have become very strange. A strange vine. They don't smile anymore. They don't raise their hands anymore. They don't talk anymore. And they are saved in marriage. Yes. There is backsliding in marriage. It's in a book. It's here. There is backsliding in marriage. And it's all because of offenses. Yes. Offenses. I said, if you are looking for a sexy dancer, you will never find one in 10 years. But the next offense may be from your pastor. Maybe from your, from your shepherd. The very person who brought you to church will shout at you and just, just, just say something. Shout at you. Marriage. That's why love and kisses and hugs and sex can take you to a divorce court. What do you think happened? Offenses. Bitterness. So they be exchanging insults. You won't believe that these people once upon a time were in love. Yes. That's why what you have to do, you see, Jesus Christ said, offenses must come. There is nothing you can do to prevent offenses from coming to you. Nothing. There's nothing you can do. It's part of it. It's part. If you are in my life, it's, it's important that you expect offenses. 
Even though I'm a very nice pastor who has never offended anybody since I began ministry. <laughs> Expect it. You have, you, have, you have left your house, you have cut off some engagement, and you have come to church, you are playing the keyboard to help the service and so on. Then you shout, hey, play, play it well. Stop looking at that girl. You, you are actually looking at the cameraman that he's not, he's not concentrating. Rather, you are, being off, you, are, you, you are being told. Is that not what happened to Hannah? Is that not what happened to Hannah? Was she not praying for a child? What did her pastor say to her? Put away the drink. Put away the uh, alcohol. Your pastor, who should rather be the one praying for you for, for a child, he won't pray for you. You are praying for yourself too. He's rather accusing you that you are a prostitute, you are a drunkard, you like boys too much. And Hannah could have been bored. What do you mean? What do you mean? When was the last time you prayed for me? You won't pray for me. I'm praying to you. You are saying I'm a drunkard. What nonsense is that? And she'll just go and take her bag and she'll just be moving towards the door and going. And she's going away with her destiny truncated, amputated. But did she stay? She stayed. She stayed. She stayed. She said, oh, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Ecclesiastes Solomon said, if the spirit of the leader rises up against you, don't leave your place. Ecclesiastes. Ten. Verse four. Ecclesiastes. Chapter 10, verse 4. And also, anybody here, you're watching, you are from Assemblies of God or Christ Apostolic or Pilgrim's Holiness or Cherubim and Seraphim or Inverted Christianity, Green Grass, Glory of God, Apostolic Church. If you are watching me, and your pastor has not shouted at you before. Your pastor hasn't said something you don't expect of him. He has not angrily walked you out of a meeting and blasted you without cause. It means that you've not been tested. You've not been tested. Because life cannot be always nice and hugging and kissing and romance and you are played baby played well played well he played no sometimes I say no how can you how can you play such a keyboard what is wrong with you you ask say give yourself you yourself give yourself some marks <laughs> you are you believe yourself Expect someone to shout at you. Expect someone to say something which is the opposite of what you expect. Or, 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 let me tell you this one. Or, 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 expect silence. 
Expect silence. Expect silence. One of the things that can offend you is silence. Yes. <laughs> silence. <laughs> silence. But you, you are expecting well done. But that's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like what you are doing is not even being So you even wonder, hey, am I even doing the right thing at all? Yeah, because normally, normally, oh, you are commended, oh, well done, uh, oh, this, yeah, this is good. No, don't do it this way, change it. But silence, total penumbra. <laughs> Expect it. And the Bible says that if the spirit of the ruler rise up against you because it is, it is a phenomenon in our walk with God. It's a phenomenon in any relationship. My mother has beaten me for things my brothers did. If the spirits of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place. Don't leave. For yielding pacified great offenses. When your pastor shouts at you, don't get bored and be cold. Don't leave. It's like next week, we, we are not here. Oh, where is Ben? Ah, I called him, his phone was off. But last week when he was going home, he said, I mean, what type of church is this? That's all he said. So I was wondering what he meant by what type of church is this. So we have to connect the dots. Yes. It's not everything you will do that you will hear, well done, or let's clap for Sister Shawanda, or oh, oh, Brother Ben is great. No. Sometimes you'll be blasted. You'll be blasted. And if your heart is not prepared, your heart is not correct, you become funny. You become funny. If you are a sound engineer, you, you, you won't mix the sound well. Was, you hear a feedback and say, oh, I, mean, I don't know why that thing is poor. I think that's, that's the way it is today. Oh, meanwhile, every time the sound is nice. So, but because you were blasted last week, now it's like you are, everything is now haywire. Your heart has changed. Bitterness is growing in you. And it defiles you. A lot of pimples on ladies' faces is not their period or their mid-cycle. It is offenses. Yes. Offenses. I'll take it again. I say, a lot of sisters, the pimples on their face, it's not hormones. It's not mid-cycle or uh, what it's, 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 it's hurts. Offenses which don't go. Inspect the near sister's face and see. One of the causes of pimples is unhealed offenses. Yes. It builds up something in you. And soon, sweet Susie is not sweet anymore. She is sour Susie. Soon, the brother everybody liked is quite. Be, when people, see, see, one of the stages of disloyalty is passivity. 
We'll, we'll talk about it one day. Passivity. When, when somebody you know to be very active, very active, you know, and, and now he's quiet. You have stood on your feet filming a service. Hours. Instead of, of the pastor saying, well done, he says that your beard is like an arm dropper. You look like an arm dropper. Why, why, why are you growing such beard? I mean, is that the only thing the pastor could see? Is that the only thing the pastor could see? What? I'm going home. <laughs> and many are defiled. May your heart be a heart that cannot be, be, be destroyed by bitterness. May the Lord, I said, expect something that will offend you from your pastor, from your Christian sister, from your Christian brother, from the church, from the choir, from the people that you have rather helped. They rather turn around and forget the things you've done. It is part of life. It's part of life. It's part of life. Expect God, even God Himself, expect Him to do the opposite of what you expected. 27 years ago, I was a medical student and I became a pastor. I thought God was going to help me to pass my exams, to have a nice marriage. The, 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 the first thing I experienced as a pastor serving God was that my child died. And you wonder if one year it was child dying, therefore, 28 years. 28 over 1 times child dying. It's like your life is poor. This God I'm following, he will spoil my life. But blessed are those who have faith, who have hope, who have a heart that cannot be moved, that cannot be shaken. Blessed are those whose hearts are stable. I have just finished preaching about backsliding. And one of the main ones is your heart being polluted. Bitterness. It isolates you. It cuts you off. Bishop told the story of a doctor he went to see with his wife when his wife was pregnant. And the doctor was wearing sandals. And he realized that there was no toe. So he, so, so he asked the professor, Prof, where's your toe? <laughs> what happened to your toe? And the doctor, professor said, hmm, my toe is in uh, Dubai. How did your toe get to Dubai? He said, I was working there as a consultant. And I had a sore. But you know, I'm diabetic. Yes. And because of the sugar in my blood, my toe wouldn't heal. It wouldn't heal. It began to grow and grow. And the, the next thing was that they were going to remove the entire leg. But they tried and made some major, major moves and just removed the toe. But in the end, the toe was removed. Yes, the toe was removed. Because when you don't heal, you'll be removed. I said, when you don't heal, if you don't heal, have, have tried to be a person who can be offended by your husband, by your wife, by your pastor, by your church, by your leader, by your instrumentalist. There is offense. Offenses must come. Even from God. Your money is 50 Ghana. And you pray to God that God should, should send some more to come. 
before you know it, somebody has used 419 to remove the 50 Ghana Randa from your mobile money. When you are paid tithes from the money, I said, expect God to do the opposite. That if your husband must live, he will rather die. If your wife must live, she will rather die. If you will have a child, the child will rather, you will rather miscarry. That is God. That's why those who walk with God, who are not ready, we call it the paradoxes of life. It's called the paradoxes. Instead of this, this rather happens. So that's why Job's wife couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle it. She had not heard the message like this. To prepare her. I said, as she walk with God, expect the opposites also happen. He answers your prayer. He blesses you. He increases you. He prospers you. But expect him to do the opposites. Or to allow the devil to have his way. Mrs. Job couldn't handle it. So what? What type of God is this? Curse him and die. Some of you watching me, you have already cursed God in your heart. And you are dying. You've cursed God. Something you expected God to do for you. He didn't do it. You were doing outreaches. You were building the choir. You helped your pastor. Only to go and write the exam and fail. What type of God is this? So the next exam, you won't do any of these things. What you don't know is that it is not worth gaining grade A and losing your soul that is serving God. The soul that, that, is, that is being used to minister to others. He said, why? She asked her husband, why do you maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. And Job said, you speak like a fool. That was the last time we heard of her. The next time is this time I'm mentioning her name. I said, offenses, eh? Look at my face carefully. Look at my face. Offenses will come. You will be offended. You will be offended. By anybody, especially the people you least expect to offend you, you will be offended. And you must have the capacity. And one of the, one of the, Causes of overcoming of offenses is humility. Humility. Job said, Even if worms eat my body, in the same flesh I will see God. Yeah. Don't be a person who just walks away from God when things don't go the way you expected. Yeah. God is too great for us to abandon Him. Whether you are poor, you have prospered, you are rich. You are hungry, you are full. Learn that no matter what comes my way, that's what Paul said. He said, Nothing shall separate me. Nothing. But see, Paul was talking about God. But you must talk about God also. But also talk about your pastor. Talk about your church. Nothing shall separate me from my church. Nothing shall separate me from my pastor. Even if his spirit rises up against me, I will just stay humbly in my corner and allow him to, to shout. One of the is shouting and he goes home. He, he, he will remember that he has, he, he, has, he has blasted me and he will send me a text. And no text will come. <laughs> but you are still in church. Rise your feet as we close. Rise your feet. And I want you to lift up your two hands wherever you are. Pray for yourself. 
against love that is so strong. Last is called last. Uncontrollable desires. For anything, lift your hands and pray. You met a girl, you met a guy, you got a job. Be very careful. Let nothing be so strong. Let your love for nothing be so strong. For anything be so strong that God cannot guide you. Lift your hands and pray. Yes. Whatever it is, whether it is for a man, a woman, a wife, a husband, a child, whatever. Lift your hands and pray. Say, Lord, my love for you will be intense. Yes. Yes. My love for you. Pray against lust. Pray against lust. Pray against lust. Pray against lust. Oh, Jesus. Pray against lust. You like something so strong that God cannot send you away from it. My God. What is that anyway? What is it that can that can stand or that can replace the will of God? But lift your hands and pray that you will not love something so strong in such a way that your love for God comes nowhere near. Lift your hands and pray. Whatever God has blessed you with, like Job, be ready to part with it. Be ready. If God says, give it up. If God says, move. Nothing on earth should be so great as to replace the will of God for your life. Lift your hands and pray. Ah, pray, pray, pray. 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 Against lust. Because the Bible says that you escape the corruption that comes through lust. Lust corrupts. Lust, a strong desire for something, it corrupts you. A strong desire for children will corrupt you. You marry anything that comes your way. Strong desire. And lift your hands now as we close and pray that your heart will be sweet. Put your hand on your heart and pray and say, Lord, help me to overcome offenses. Help me to overcome offenses. Yes. I don't intend to backslide. I don't intend to die unspiritual. So Lord, help my heart to heal whatever offenses whatever the offenses and from whomsoever help me Lord put your hand on your heart and pray that you have a heart that heals a heart that repairs itself I say a heart that repairs itself and God should send somebody into your heart into your life Yes, who will help your heart to heal who will not rather deepen your wound that when you are offended you should have somebody when you talk to the person rather helps your heart to heal not to, not to deepen your offense when your pastor blasts you when your pastor faces you and you go and tell that person ah, me, I know them, you know him this man is not grateful this man, oh, are you surprised? Are you surprised? That's how he is. No. But have somebody who said no. Fathers have a right to shout. Oh yes. Fathers have a right to shout. Oh yes. 
fathers have a right to correct. Oh, yes. Whether he is right or wrong, fathers have a right. Yes, lift your hands and pray for that. For that so that, so that all of us, so that your heart is not stolen away. Oh, yes, Lord. So you remain in your place. You remain in your place. You remain in the family God put you in. Psalm 68 verse 6. He puts the solitary into families. He puts the solitary. The family you are in, the church you are in, God put you there. God put you there. Lift your hands now and surrender your life. Say, Lord, I surrender my life. I surrender, I surrender to you. I surrender Take over my life. Take over my Let your will be done. Let your will be Constantly, done. And Constantly, Constantly, Constantly and continually. Constantly and continually. Thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Every head bowed and every eye closed if you want to give your life to Christ. I want to pray with you right now and all of us will join from everywhere. Say Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I commit myself to you. I commit myself to you. I ask you to forgive me my sins. I ask you to forgive me my sins. I've gone far from you. I've gone far from I you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I ask you to wash me. I ask you to wash me. To cleanse me. To cleanse me. And make me pure. And make me pure. Please receive me. Please receive me. As your child. As your child. I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to obey you. I want to obey you. I want to live my life for you. I want to live my life. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my salvation. I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Clap your hands for Jesus. Keep clapping your hands. Keep clapping your hands and you may be seated. What a beautiful evening. And it's time to seal it up with an offering. Yes. Seal it up with an offering. Give to the Lord. Help the church to solve some financial problems. And if you've not paid your tithes, pay it. Pay your tithes. If you've made a pledge, believe God to pay it. Because a lot of money is being used. And you are a child of the kingdom. You must not allow yourself to be cut off from a life of sowing of seeds. God has a blessing for you. I'm talking to you, yes. I'm talking to you. Giving is part of your life. Take your phone and send money as an offering to the number that is on the, on the screen. If you are using Vodafone, there's a number to send it to. If you are using Airtel Tigo, there's a number. If you are in Zambia, there's a number on the screen. Wherever you are, there's a number on the screen. Make sure you sow a seed. Send it. And God is going to bless you. And as we do, help me to welcome our sister Grace to bless us with a song. Clap your hands for her. Keep clapping your hands. Oh, clap your hands. 
What a blessing. Oh, keep clapping your hands. The rest of the week is going to be a blessed week. Remember that on Friday, God willing, we are flowing. So look out for the flyers. Call a friend. Prepare your members. Get them to be ready to flow. Help somebody with airtime. And I believe that God is going to be very good to you. Amen. Were you blessed by the service? Will you come again to church? I said, will you come again to church next week? I can't hear you. Will you come again to church next week? Clap your hands for yourself. And let's rise to our feet and close. Lift your hands. Father, we commit our lives into your hands. We ask for the covering of angels as we sleep. We ask for your blessing to continually be on us and with us. Cause us to keep our love for you intact. Help us to fight the things that fight our love for you. Deliver us from ever backsliding. Grant us a heart that repairs itself. A life that repairs itself. Amen. A mind that repairs itself. Amen. Like the mind of the prodigal son, which repaired itself mm. in the distant land and said, I'm returning to my father. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone on the road of backsliding. Grant the person the privilege to make a U turn. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the U turn anointing on us tonight. Amen. That we are going to come back to our love. Oh, yes. You come back to a heart of love, Amen. a heart of service, Amen. a heart of worship, Amen. a heart of a great interest in your work Amen. and in you. Yes. May we die loving you. Yes, Lord. May we die serving you. Amen. May we not die as renegades, mm. as rebels. Mm. May we, on that day, when you call us yonder, may we be seen as people who loved you, who overcame oh, yes. obstacles oh, yes. to still keep our love for yes, you. Lord. Like Job. May you find us worthy of double portions even in this life. Amen. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion, fellowship, contribution, and participation of the Holy Spirit, and the 25,000 children of God, which includes all the important people for my life, and the shepherding of others. Be ours now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. May angels watch over you as you sleep. In Jesus' name. Amen.